You can be seated. Well, we are doing a mini-series within a series. Sounds like a, a television show or a movie where you have a, a dream within a dream, right? Uh, and, and so what I wanted to do, we've been talking about the church, about God's design for the church, blueprints in this series, and the Apostle Paul has been writing to Timothy, who's a pastor in Ephesus, and so this morning, I, I just want us to take uh, this week and the next couple of weeks and just spend a little bit of time talking about this church, particularly First Baptist Church, Cloudcroft. But before we get there, I have a question for you, the question of the week. Are you ready? Do, do any of you guys ever like zone when you're, when you're driving? Does that ever happen to you? I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not alone, although it really makes me worried about driving on the road with you. Um. When I go to, to Albuquerque fairly often, and, and particularly on the way back, I, I use my GPS, and I've had people say, can you not remember the way back? And I say, oh, absolutely, I know the way, I know the way home. But here's what will happen. I get on I-25, and, and before I know it, I don't know where I am. Does that happen to you? I, I, and, and, and I don't know how long I've been driving that way. Now, I'm still on the road. I haven't had any close calls, so somehow I've, I've managed to, to navigate well. But, but particularly at night, and, and this has happened to me, and, and I've been on the road, and I'm driving, and, and I come out of my little trance or whatever that thing is. You know, I've been zoning, and, and I'm like, did I miss my exit? Well, I, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say, not so much now since I know that you guys zone while you drive too, but I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that there have been a couple of times where it was closer to go on through Las Cruces than it was to turn around and go back and cut across at San Antonio. Um, try not to let that out a whole lot, but um, that, that happens. I, unfortunately, I, I, I think that that not only happens while we're driving, I, I, think, I think there are a lot of churches that are kind of in that boat. I think there are churches that, that just go along doing what they do, and, and they're really they're kind of zoning as, as they just go along in, in life, and, and they don't really know where they are, they don't really know uh, where they're going. I don't want to be that kind of church. That t- today, I, I want us to, to start looking at, at some things that, that we have, have said about us, uh, some things that, that we have put in place uh, to make sure that we don't just zone as we go through life, that, that we are a church uh, with a purpose. And so today, uh, and in the next couple of weeks, I want us to talk about three things in particular. I'll mention all three today, and we'll talk about just one. But, but three things that I want us to, to really kind of make sure that we know, and, and I want to do a better job of keeping it in front of us so that, that when someone asks, what is First Baptist Church Cloudcroft about, we can, we can tell them what we are and what we're about. The first one is this vision. A vision is really dealing with more who we are. Now, I say this because we found out when we were going through this process a while back that different people have different ideas or different definition of these. So, so for us, vision talks about who we are. I know that in some, you know, vision is who we want to be. In some cases, this, this may be true for us. We may find that that's not who we are, but, but it's more who we want to be. But when we talk about vision here, we're talking about who we are. Who, who is it that this group that calls themselves First Baptist Church Cloudcroft is? The second one is this mission. 
when we talk about mission, we're talking about what we do. So vision is who we are. Mission is what we do. Now, I would say that most, yeah, we'll change that battery uh, after the service today. Um, most, yeah, that never, I wasn't bothering some of you until I mentioned it. Sorry about that. Most churches' mission, actually, I would say every church's mission is the same. How we express it is differently. And, and for most, it's going to be, it's going to sound a lot the same. We'll get to that next week. So vision is who we are. Mission is what we do. And the last one is strategy. Strategy is how we say we're going to do this. How do we get this done? Now, that one should be one that is really different from church to church because every church is in a different place. And I know, um, you know, 17 miles that way, uh, we, we have another Baptist church less than 17 miles, probably like about seven miles or, or six, five. Uh, this way, we have another Baptist church. There, there's another one uh, as you head out 130 that's not that far away. It feels like it to me, but it's not. Um, so, so we have churches around, and, and we might say, well, you know, they're mountain churches. They're all the same. Actually, we're not. Every community is a little bit different. And, and, and God has, has made the body of Christ, the local body of Christ, the church is different. We have different styles. We have different personalities. We have different personalities in the churches. And I believe that that's God's design. So every church's strategy should be a little different, I believe. How they set out to accomplish the mission that God has given should look different. The churches that are struggling oftentimes in, in our day and age are the churches whose strategy is based on a community that's no longer there. There was a time when it, it, it was the, the, and this was a philosophy that worked. If we build it, they'll come. It's church. We have a church. What do people do on Sundays and Sunday nights and Wednesdays and sometimes in between? They go to church, and, and that was the case. That's not the case anymore. And, and even from, from community to community, the way that you, you take your mission, the way that you accomplish your mission looks differently. So we'll talk about those over the next couple of weeks. But, but today, I really want us to focus on vision. Who are we? as this local group of believers called First Baptist Church Cloudcroft. Well, we, we take our, our um, vision statement uh, from a passage in Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 22. That, that beeping is going to drive some of you nuts, isn't it? I shouldn't have said anything because now those listening online are going to not hear what I say but struggle to listen to the beep. This is where we have to focus. I'm talking to me because I'm easily distracted. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39 say this. This is Jesus. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So when we talk about who we are, our vision, uh, we, we really get this from Jesus's, I, I love, uh, the Bible's so much fun. If you haven't read the Gospels lately, you need to, to jump in and, and, and read those. And, and so they're always trying to trick Jesus. They're always trying to, to, to trap him and get him in trouble, you know, somehow. They, they didn't realize, like, this is the creator of the universe that they're trying to trick. So, so they go to him and they say, what's the greatest commandment? And I can imagine that they're thinking, man, we, we got him. 
we got him. If he says, you shall not commit adultery, then they're going to say, oh, so it's okay to kill people, you know. Um, whatever he says, you know, they're, they're thinking we're going to be able to nail him on something because, you know, you can't say all of them. But he does. And he goes back to Deuteronomy, really. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, your soul, your strength. I, I added one in there. With all your um, heart, your soul, and your mind. And so when we talk about that, that's really talking about our relationship with God. So, so when we talk about who we are, our vision, we want to begin with our relationship with God. And so, so we say it this way. When we talk about our vision, we say that we are Christ followers. Now, that we, we took a lot of time to say that very specifically. Uh, for our students, our, our teenagers, we're going through a study called Not a Fan, and and, and I've got the little bracelet, and I have a shirt, and it's always kind of fun because people say, what are you not a fan of? You know? And, and, and the, the answer could be a million things according to them. Um, but what he's talking about is we are not fans. We're not admirers of Jesus. We're followers. We're people who've sold everything to follow Christ. We're, we're people who have put Jesus first. So, so the way that, that it's described is we are completely committed followers of Jesus. When we talk about that we are Christ followers, what we're saying is that we are people who have decided to follow Christ and leave everything else behind. Some of you are going, okay, I think this may fall into the like vision part of I'm there sometimes and I'm not there sometimes, but I want to be there. But the first part of our vision statement says that we are Christ followers above everything else that is who we are. The second part of it says, uh, really has to do with, with the, the other verse. Verse 39, Jesus says, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I, I love this. There, there was a guy in the Bible who, do, who, do, who did what I do sometimes. He'd he do it better than I do, though. I, I tend I tend to pick nits, you know what? If you know what those are, that's sad. Um, I, I I tend to, to to try to split hairs. That doesn't work for me either. Um, but when Jesus said this, he goes, "Okay, who's my neighbor? Is it the people on either side of me? The guy across the street from me? Is the guy down the road?" And so Jesus really talks. Uh, he broadens it, and basically, your neighbor is everybody else. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, so our, our first part of our, our vision statement has to do with our relationship with God. The second part of our vision statement has to do with other people. And, and we kind of divide that up into two. So, so we say that we are Christ followers first. And then second, that we are committed family. So that this first part of others, we're talking about those in the household of God. Those in the body of Christ. That we are committed family. And, and I, I like that. The, I, I just like that, that vision, that, that, that imagery. That we're family. And, and, and that's who we are. We're called the household of God. And, and that we're committed. Uh, we're, we're not just, just casual family. We're, we're not third cousins, eighth removed, or I don't even know how that works. I, I might have shared with you guys before. I was youth minister 
and it was really cool. It was in the church that my grandmother had grown up in, and my mother had grown up in, and that my aunt and uncle had been married in. It was the one we ended up being married in, in the big town of Ladonia, Texas, which was way bigger than Pecan Gap, where my dad was from. Yeah, I think there were two pecan trees with a gap between, and that was where, the, I don't know. Little towns in East Texas. Um, and, and I was youth minister there, and, and, and we had um, one, once a, a month we would have a potluck on a Wednesday night, and uh, I'd bring my roommate because he was always hungry, and um, you know, we'd, we'd go to church. And, and I remember sitting across from a lady one time, and, and, and so I'll see if I can uncomplicate this for you. We, we never figured it out. My dad's, my dad's brother's wife was her mom's sister. Are you there? Her aunt and uncle was my aunt and uncle. Is that, are, you, are, you, are you following with me? Uh, I'll start again. My dad's brother's wife was her mom's sister. Are you there now? And we tried and tried, eighth cousin removed, or I don't know. We just decided we were brother and sister in Christ, and we left it there. We're not that kind of family. When I say we're a committed family, I mean we're committed to one another. And, and, and I totally stole this from another church. If I remembered which one, I would tell you the name of it. But I, I totally stole this from them. Because I think it describes really what does it mean to be committed family. And, and, and if you're like me, the simpler the better. So, so these are the ABCs. That's one reason I love Lubbock. If you, can, if you know your, your alphabet and your numbers, you can get around. ABC, one, two, three. Have you ever been to Lubbock, anybody? A Street, First Street. So, okay, anyways. So, committed family, the A stands for attend faithfully. So, a, a committed family, what we're talking about is, first of all, we attend faithfully. That, that we're here as much as we can be here. Now, I know, I, I tease some of you, one of these days I'm going to do it just for fun, to get some wheel uh, locks and, and put locks on your wheels. So, but, but I know that that's, that's part of your traveling. I don't mean that. Um, what I mean is that when you're here, that you're here. And that we attend faithfully. Do you know, uh, th- this is a bit alarming, I don't know what it means for, for future generations, but do you know that the average committed church attendance these days, not here, we're, we're different, we, we know that, don't we? But the average church attendance is twice a month. That's average, that, that's like the committed ones. Um, we we want to we be together a bit more than that. Some of you are going, oh, now I've got to come three times, no. I'm kidding. But that we attend faithfully, that when we're here, we we come. If you're out of town, you can't help it. Attend faithfully. The B is belong to a small group. Get involved in a small group somewhere. Now I know when you say stuff like that, that has all these different kind of connotations. You need to know by small group, I'm including our Sunday school groups, which are our Bible studies on Sunday mornings, uh, our connection groups, uh, they could be a men's Bible study, a women's Bible study, but that you get involved in a small group somewhere. For some people, their small group may be where they serve. Their small, pardon me, their small group may be their, the worship team. Their small group may be the group that, that they serve with. 
but that you, you belong to a small group because there's, there's a lot of growth that happens when you have life on life. And I believe that's the way God has intended for it to be. The C in this is commit to serve. That we're serving somewhere in the body of Christ. And I preached on that just a, a week or two ago. It might have just been last week. So, so the first part of our vision statement is that we're Christ followers. That is that we are in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And, 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 I, and I look out among us, and, and I know uh, we talked about it in, in Sunday school this morning, that that covers the gamut. You, you, you may have come to faith in Christ last week. You may have come to faith in Christ 50 years ago. What we want for everyone when we're talking about Christ followers is that you're in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we mean by Christ followers. The second committed family, that we are committed to one another and attending faithfully, belonging in a small group and, and serving somewhere. But then we also talk about this other part of the others. Uh, the committed family is inside the household of God. But the other others, you say that, uh, the other others is those outside the faith. And, and so what we, what we talk about there, for them, we're compassionate friends. What do we mean by that? Well, we'll get to mission next week, but really we're not here for us. Did you guys know that? So far, the first two parts of our vision can... Can we can we're going to do that for all eternity? Some of you are looking at me like, "Oh man, <laughs> New Jerusalem's pretty big, right?" You know? If you think that way, God's going to put your house right next to mine. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll be sweet mates now. The first two parts. Our relationship with God and our relationship with one another, we're, we're going to be able to do that for all eternity. And we get to enjoy that here on this earth. But the last part of it, when we're talking about compassionate friends, we're talking about those who haven't come to faith in Christ. Those outside the household of faith. Those in our community, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our family who don't know Christ. We don't want to be an island unto ourselves as a church. Our, our motto is a city set on a hill which cannot be hidden. That's kind of cool because we're on a hill here, a mountain. And, and we, want to, we want to go out from here. This is the equipping station. This is, this is the hospital for some of us. This is, this is where we come together and we celebrate and we get equipped. But the real work of what we're called to do doesn't happen in here. It happens out there. And, and the only way that, that I know that, that we can do that, or, or particularly here in, in, in this small community, is that, that we have to... We have to be compassionate friends for those outside the faith. And so two things that I put in here that I know that we can do for that to happen is one, we can learn how to serve them. The, the build it and they come thing doesn't work anymore. We have to go out where they are. 
I think in Jesus' day, that's the way that they did it too. That they went out. You know, Jesus wasn't in the synagogue when he met the Samaritan woman. He wasn't in the synagogue when the guy that was born blind was healed. He wasn't in a synagogue when he talked to that really tall guy named Zacchaeus. <laughs> he wasn't even in the synagogue when he met Peter, Andrew, James, and John. If we are going to be who we believe God has called us to be, then, then, then it starts here together. But, but we have to get out. We... We have to be compassionate, friends, and sometimes that means that we need to learn how to serve other people. Listen, Jesus said that they'll know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another, but they're not going to see that here. They're going to see that out there. And as we, as we, as we learn to, to get outside of our, our comfort zones, as we learn to... If I were to ask you, I won't, but if I were to ask you to write down three people who need Christ in our community, could you do it? Could you name three? Because sometimes we just, we just kind of hang out with one another, and I like that. I'm all about fellowship. By the way, um, I hope you spell that. It's F-O-O-D. <laughs> That's how you spell fellowship. Got to do some of that last week. That was good. I, I saved some right here. But we need to learn how to get out. And, and some of that is, is by serving those in our community who don't know Christ. Listen, what would it do, what would it do for someone who, they, they know you're a Christian. They know you go to church. What would it do for them if you went up to them and said, hey, you know what, I've just been thinking about you a lot this week. Is there something I can pray for you about? Now, that's pretty non-threatening, isn't it? We always think about, like, evangelism. If you were to die right now, I, I wouldn't use that tactic. Um, <laughs> not in our culture. But if you go to somebody and you say, you know what, I, I've been thinking about you this week. Is there something I can pray for you about? What does that say? Is there something I can do for you? And if they tell you something, maybe, maybe there is a physical need you can do. You can, you can take care of. You can serve them. That's not where it stops. For a long time, uh, churches got into this thing that they call servant evangelism, which isn't bad. But putting shingles on their house or getting them some firewood or, or doing those other things that are great to do, that's a, good, that's a good way to serve them. That's not where it ends. The second thing that we can do as compassionate friends is to share. Share the hope that we have in Christ. We, we talked about that some in, in Sunday school this morning. How, how do you do that? Well, let me tell you three. No, I'm kidding. We always want steps, don't we? Let me tell you the best way that you can share with people who don't know Christ. Share your story. Share what Christ has done in your life. Share what he's doing in your life. And that doesn't mean there, there, there's no, like, you know, three steps and then someone's guaranteed to come to faith in Christ. That, that doesn't happen sometimes. For some people, it takes a while. 
I'll tell you why I believe part of that is in our culture. They need to know that you're real. You know. For all they know, I've told you to go tell three people about Jesus this week, and you're just like checking the box. You know, all right, toe down, toe down. That's not bad telling them. But for, for all they know, that's the only reason you're telling them. It's not because you care. It's just because you're supposed to. So what do you do if you share and they don't come to faith in Christ? You keep serving them. You keep sharing with them. I may have shared this with you before. I, the first time I read, some people call it the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils. First time I read that, here, here's what I came away with. You know that one, that, that Jesus is telling this parable about this guy, and he goes and he throws the seed out, and some of it falls on, on a hard ground, and the, and the birds come and snatch it up. Some of it falls on rocky ground, and it starts to grow, but then when the sun comes, it withers. Some of it falls on fertile soil, and it grows, and it takes root, and it produces fruit. I thought, all right, I got this. All I got to do is figure out which one of you is the fertile soil. And I can quit wasting my time. That's what I thought. And God convicted me. And he said, Larry, a couple of problems with that. Actually, it's probably three. First of all, we're called to be obedient. But a couple of problems with that. One is, you are not a very good judge of hearts. I don't know what's going on in somebody's heart. I might have an idea. But I don't really know. Listen, I've come across people that, that I crossed. Wow, that's good English, isn't it? I've come across people that I thought were that, that hard soil. You know what I found out? I found out that, that that really thick, hard layer was only like a sixteenth of an inch deep. Man, if you poke it just a little bit, there's marshmallow inside. <laughs> and I thought, I, I didn't know that. My first, my first impression was that don't, don't waste time on them. God says, Larry, you're just not a good judge of hearts. You don't know what's going on. And then, and then something else he, he impressed upon me was, Larry, you don't know what I am going to do in their life. Maybe they are the hard soil. And, and you throw the seed on there. You don't know, but that tomorrow there is going to be something come into their life that is going to turn that soil over. A, a tragedy. A diagnosis. Maybe may a good thing. Um, listen, when people have kids, that soil's turned over. They're like, I thought I knew a bunch of stuff. I don't know anything. <laughs> Sometimes when they get married, it's, it, it's just a time when, when God just kind of turns the, the soil over. You don't know what God's going to do in their life. And, and it's the same way with us. When we're talking about being compassionate friends, what we're talking about, it, it's a thing that we just do in life. It's not a one-time or a twice or a, a week-long or a month-long kind of thing. It's just something that we just do. And, and God uses that. In, in people's lives. Listen, God uses that in our lives. I think he works a lot of times more in our life when we're reaching out to somebody else than if we just work on ourselves. So, who are we? Our vision? We're Christ followers. 
And, and I know when I say that, particularly the way that I said it, completely committed followers of Christ. Some of us say, you know, man, I'm not there all the time. That's okay. <laughs> He's the one that does the work in our hearts. But that's what I want to be. I, I want to be someone who, where Jesus isn't a part of my life. He is my life. He's not something I do on Sundays. I go to Sunday to celebrate what he's been doing all week long. The way Kyle Eidelman puts it in Not a Fan is, is uh, I, I don't have Jesus in a, in a drawer of my life. He's the dresser <laughs> that, that all of my life fits into the drawers in this dresser. And all my life is about him. That's where I want to be. I'm not there all the time. I'm there some of the time. That's where I want to be. That's where I want us to be. The second one is this, committed family. We don't always do that perfectly. We don't always do that great. Uh, but I want, us, I want us to be that way. I, I want us to, to gather together faithfully, to celebrate, to encourage, to equip. I, I want us to, to, to be together outside of these four walls. You, you really get to know somebody. It's coming up on 12. I guess eating is a lot on my mind. But you really get to know somebody when you share food with them. Not, not the two-year-old's version of share. Sharing is you share with me, but I also share with you. That's the way that works. That, that you, you get to know somebody more outside of these walls than you do inside of these walls. I, I want us to do that more. To, to be involved together in small groups where, where we can do life together. I, I want us to I want us to, to serve together. If you've ever been on a mission trip or you've ever done work together with somebody, whether it's it's digging holes, you don't do that up here, you, you break rock. I don't know if you knew that. Whether it's digging holes, whether it's cutting wood, moving wood, or painting the house, or whatever it is, when you when you're shoulder to shoulder, when you're sweating with somebody. You serve together. God just does something. He just knits your hearts together. I want us to be like that. Christ followers, committed family, and then compassionate friends. You know what I, I want? Not, not for us. But I want this church to be known as the church that cares not only for one another, but cares for people in a community. Not just with a few people, but for a lot of people. I, I, I want us to, to be known for being compassionate friends. That we're the ones that will just jump in and help. No, no promise of a return. Just do it. That, that we're the ones who, what we believe affects what we do. And so it's not just that we are Christians and we have that for ourselves, but we care enough about them that we care enough to share it with them. Christ followers, committed family, compassionate friends. So, so what's, the, what's, the, what's the big idea here? Our vision is who we are. Sometimes it's who we want to be. That's us. That's First Baptist Church, Cloudcroft. Christ followers, committed family, compassionate friends. And I want that to be ingrained, so ingrained in who we are that, that we know it 
but then also that they know it outside these walls. Sometimes it's who we want to be, our vision, but I really want it to be who we are. So how about you? When we talk about our our vision statement, would you say that you're a Christ follower? Our, Our students will wrap up the study this week. Not a fan. I'm not an admirer. I'm not a spectator, but but I'm a follower. Jesus made some pretty high um, requirements for his followers. He said, if you're not willing to take up your cross, that is, if you're not willing to give your life, you can't be my disciple. Wow. (laughs) Do you you remember the one guy, we call him the rich young ruler. All we know is he was rich and he was young. We assume he might have been a ruler. He said, what, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus, I, I think this is a, a bit of a test. I don't know. He said, uh, just keep the law. And the guy goes, I've done that since I was a kid. In my mind, I'm going, you liar. <laughs> Jesus said, okay, there's one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. I'm not saying, you know, that, that sounds a bit like a cult or a commune, uh, that you guys have to sell everything you have and give it to the church. No, no. But Jesus has to be so much higher than all of that other. It just doesn't even compare. Whether it's your, your stuff, your relationships. How about you, committed family, when we talk about being a committed family, where, where are you in there? ABCs, attend faithfully, belong to a small group, commit to serve somewhere. And then how about compassionate friend? Do you think of yourself as a compassionate friend? Jesus was called a friend to sinners. (laughs) Isn't that funny? You sinner. That's okay, we all are. Are you known as a compassionate friend? Someone who serves? Someone who shares? What's your next step? What do you... Maybe for some of you it's like, you know, I don't want to be the, the average person, the twice a month thing. I'm, I'm going to shoot for three. Some of you going, you know, some months have five. I know we're giving you one. Um, What is it for you? What's your next step? What, can I just encourage you this morning? Whatever that may be, whether you've walked with the Lord for 50 years, five years, five days, or five weeks. What's the next step for you? Can I just encourage you to, to just say, God, I, I'm just ready to, to, I'm ready to go the next step, whatever that is. I'm ready to go the next step. And then do it. For some of you, that might be the first step. Coming to faith in Christ. Maybe you've never come to the place where you've trusted Jesus for your salvation. We say believe, but I have to be careful in English because believe usually happens in our head. 
the, the Bible word for that, the New Testament word, means a trust with your heart. Have you ever trusted him? Maybe for you, that's the first step. And so maybe today, that's what you need to do. I would invite you to come down this morning and come to faith in Christ. Trust him for your salvation. That the work he did on the cross was enough. That he took your sin and the punishment for your sin so that you can have a right relationship with God. If you've never done that, I'd ask you to do it this morning. For some of you, it, it may be joining together, making, making that public commitment um, uh, to a, a church body. We call that membership. And I know some people say it doesn't talk about membership in the Bible. It says we're members one of another uh, in the body of Christ. And you're always affiliated with a, a local church in, in the New Testament. So maybe for some of you, that's something that you want to do. We'd invite you to, to I just come down this morning. I'd love to pray with you and talk with you how we do that here. Maybe it's just something that you need to do where you are. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, I just, I just want to take that next step. Maybe it's in your relationship with him. Maybe it's in your relationship with, with one another in the body of Christ. Or maybe, maybe it's in building a relationship with someone who doesn't know Christ so that you can be the one that God uses to bring them to faith in Christ. Whatever it is, let's stand together as we sing and respond this morning.